Hey guys, today I am here with Leslie Draffin. She's a menstrual cycle and microdosing coach with a focus on supporting women and menstruators through cycle-related challenges like PMS, PMDD, and cramps while boosting creativity and mood. She helps form a deep connection with your cycle, womb, and divine feminine to live a more empowered and full life. I have a feeling you're about to drop some knowledge bombs on us. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, let's get into it. So I wanted to hear about your background first. So yeah. what has your experience been like with your menstrual cycle and even microdosing? Mm, okay, so my experience with my menstrual cycle is really a fascinating one. I was raised in the church. My dad was a preacher and I'm adopted. My mom um, had had a hysterectomy before I was born. And so I was not raised around anyone who was menstruating. And also I was raised so deeply in the church that like we never talked about that shit. And so I was so deeply terrified of my cycle because I was afraid that if it didn't come, what that would mean is that I was pregnant. Like I had such a deep seated fear of falling accidentally pregnant from like a very early age. And the education I got as a child was like, you can get pregnant, like if you just look at a boy, right? Like that was like the <laughs> fucked up stuff that I was learning. And yeah. so I, as the student, as soon as I thought I was going to become like sexually active, I got on the pill and then I didn't think about my cycle again for years. Um, I had my spiritual awakening in 2019 and that year I really began to feel this inner calling to come off of hormonal birth control. At that point I'd been on for like 16 years because I knew it was stifling my innate femininity and my ability to connect with like my womb. Um, I was claiming, you know, reclaiming the whole idea of being a witch at that point. And so I knew I was stifling my ability to be this magical being because I had synthetic hormones in my body. So I go off the pill in 2020, May, worst time ever to come off of hormonal birth control because all hell broke loose globally, but also internally for me. And in the summer months that followed, I had a lot of physical symptoms, like my hair fell out, I got cystic acne, I lost my libido completely and had horrific mood swings and spent thousands of dollars, hundreds of hours studying what the fuck was going on with me. I was going to specialists and eventually I got diagnosed with PCOS. And the internal thing that was happening is all of these old stories were coming up. I remembered my first bleed and how terrified I was. I remembered how right after I didn't have a bleed for six months, which, by the way, is very normal when you first start your period. But I, I thought I was pregnant. I was like, oh, my God, I've, I've gotten pregnant. And it must be because I used my dad's towel. Oh, my God. Like, that's the kind of shit that was going on, right? So those stories came back up for me. And so I really started to do the work of reconnecting with my cycle, with my womb and with, you know, what it is to deprogram and deconstruct those old beliefs and was doing that work for probably about a year and a half to two years. And then I found microdosing. So I initially went to microdosing because my libido had not come back. I still had such um, like a low sex drive and I heard someone talking on a podcast, Bijou Finney, who I would go on to hire as my coach. Yeah. Yes. She's been it's on this show, show, hasn't she? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I heard Bijou talking about this, um, how psilocybin can help with, you know, your pleasure receptors. And she had had a lot of success helping people reignite their desire. Yeah. 
And so I go into coaching with Bijou in March of last year with this intention of becoming more open to receiving pleasure. And what I say happened is that the mushrooms heard, I need to be more open to receiving, like period. And they, (laughs) through a lot of different things that happened last year, really helped show me how worthy I am, how protected and supported I am by the universe. And now over a year later, now we're seeing the sex drive come back. Now I'm seeing um, for the last several months, the ability to really tap more into pleasure, not just sexually, but sensually as well. And so that's sort of a long winded way to say that um, it's been quite a journey. Sometimes it was fucking horrible and not fun at all. And sometimes it's been so fun. But all of this has really gotten me to this place of deep transcendence. Like I say, I don't even know who I was three months ago, much less three years ago. And May of this year was, yeah, three years off the pill. Wow. Yeah. What a roller coaster of a journey. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I've had moments in my life too where I've been, you know, gotten insane anxiety for no reason. Yeah. It's it's crazy what your brain can do mm-hmm. uh, to just make you really uncomfortable and anxious for no reason. And when you incorporate mushrooms into the mix, how they just open you up to the mm-hmm. true possibilities of what's actually there. Like they just silence that anxious voice in your head Yes, from what I've seen. And they really listen to you. If you really have an intention going into it, mm-hmm. they'll be all right, let, let's work on this. So mm-hmm. it's amazing to hear that they were help, able to help you in that way. So Yeah. And I love that you brought up that anxiety too, because last year my big dark night of the soul really happened when I was diagnosed with PTSD, anxiety, and depression. And I ended up deciding to leave my 15-year career in TV news as a news anchor. And exactly what you're saying, building an intentional relationship with the mushrooms kept me from having to use Xanax, kept me from having to go on depression medicine, which I had been on in my 20s, um, and really helped me understand in each moment that I was safe. Like I I really began to see how anxiety is life force energy that needs to be released in some way and is begging to be released in some way. And it always has a message for you. And the mushrooms helped me sit in, in like really compassionate, present, sometimes silence, sometimes movement, but seeing that in this exact moment, I am safe. I don't have to worry about what's going to happen. I don't have to worry about what did happen right now. We're safe right now. We're protected. And that really got me through some tough ass shit last year. Wow. Yep. They really know what to tell you mm-hmm. and the thoughts to feed your brain. You know, you just even the microdose. And this is what's mm-hmm. so beautiful about mushrooms. You don't need to take a huge dose to change your life. Yeah. The tiniest amount can even just change the way you think. Yep. So tell us, what are the benefits of microdosing psilocybin specifically for your menstrual cycle? Right. So when I began thinking of this, which was earlier in this year, this is when I actually came up with the protocol that I created. Um, I was just trying to figure out how am I going to bridge what looked to me like two very separate spaces. And of course, it was during a microdose when I had this aha moment. And I think I was on my period at the same time, which is like my deeply like divine channeling abilities, um, where I realized that they just go so perfectly together if you if you if you kind of know what you're looking for. So, why is psilocybin so good for the cycle? Well, 
we'll go with the science behind it first. So there have been some really amazing studies suggesting that psilocybin can help with things like cluster headaches, cyclical pain, cramps, because they're vasoconstrictors, right? So they're going to potentially help lessen overall pain. And I formed this hypothesis that women administrators would benefit more from microdosing than anyone else because we have cyclical pain and we are more likely to be diagnosed with anxiety, depression, PTSD, burnout. We have PMS and PMDD. And so psilocybin, we know, helps with all of those things. Um, What I have seen in my practice and with my clients is not only is psilocybin helping with those things, it's helping deeply connect with your body and with your cycle in a way that honors it. And the second that we start to honor those spaces within ourselves, we can start to forgive ourselves. We start to form more self-love for ourselves, more compassion. And I really believe that, you know, while there are certainly holistic lifestyle changes, food changes that you can make if you have period problems and in addition to microdosing psilocybin, it's the belief systems that you need to change first in order to start seeing that as a sacred space and a sacred thing that happens to you and not a curse. That's huge. I've never microdosed on my period, but thinking about how it would change your view on what is happening to you and how powerful it could be, like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is not something that's just happening to us. Like, there's a beautiful reason behind it. It's I don't even have words for it, really, but I'm sure, you know, now I really want to try it. <laughs> you should. No, I for mean, sure. yeah, it's it. when we bleed, we are a channel for the divine. You know, when we look back ancestrally and, and thousands of years ago before the patriarchy rose to power and before, you know, male deity dominated religions rose to power, when we were very much earth based religions and living in matrilineal tribes like those who bled were revered and physiologically we know that when we bleed the line separating the right and left hemispheres of the brain becomes thinnest so the veil is literally the thinnest when we bleed so add on psilocybin and you're going to have potent ass shit now some folks don't like to um, microdose while they bleed or full dose journey while they bleed but i had my most recent full dose ceremony on the first day of my bleed transcendent like fully transcendent um, just the downloads that I was receiving were just so potent. And what I really started to understand is when we think about the mycelium web and we think of how that helped create life on this planet and our blood creates life as well, they go so perfectly in tandem um, that, of course, it works. Of course, cyclical microdosing, which is the protocol that I created, works. And Maybe it's just taken us this long to have an aha moment and have enough, you know, female and femme voices elevated in this space to start listening to this part of ourselves in relation to how psilocybin works as well. Wow. I never even thought about the thing you just said about the brain, how the layer between the left and right hemispheres get thinner Mm -hmm. and how you're more connected to the spiritual world. I mean, it makes so much sense now when you think about it, because, of course, like, there's a divine reason we're bleeding. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, wow. So for people who don't know, like, what is a recommended microdose? Like, what is the actual dose? So a recommended microdose is one-tenth to one-twentieth of a recreational dose. But when you're actually getting down to the nitty-gritty, it can be anywhere between 0.05 grams or, like, that's, I think, 50 milligrams, 55 milligrams, to 0.5 grams or 500 milligrams. It's different for everyone. And you said this so beautifully before. You know, 
bigger doses don't necessarily mean things are better. So mm -hmm. finding your perfect dose, I always say start as small as possible and then work up from there. You can always take a bit more. Um, my sweet spot is between um, 0.17 and 0.2. Some, it really depends on the strain. Um, and it also depends for me on where I am in my cycle, how my stress level is, what my mindset is like going into the microdose. But that's generally the, the, the level, the dosage. I think what's really also important to remember is that a microdose is non-intoxicating or it shouldn't be. And if for some reason you do start to see, you know, the walls bleeding or the, the walls breathing, you just took a little bit too much and it's okay. It'll wear off in a little bit. Just rest, relax and surrender. Um, but for the most part, that's the beauty of microdosing is that you can ingest the mushroom or whatever you've decided to microdose and still go about your life, go about your business and parenting, and you can drive after you know how it affects your body um, without it being something you need to set all this time aside for like you would with a full dose. Definitely. I mean, it's something people ask me a lot, like, how am I going to feel on a microdose? And I just tell them the colors you see might be brighter. Mm -hmm. You might feel more energized or more loose mm -hmm. uh, and relaxed. You might be a little more emotional. I definitely feel more connected to my emotional side. Like mm -hmm. sometimes I just want to cry or I just want to meditate. Mm -hmm. It just brings you back down to a very balanced place. Mm -hmm. But I also wanted to ask, are you more sensitive to psilocybin on your period? You know, I think this is an individual, I think this is per every individual because there are some things that I have watched, that I have read and that I have um, studied that suggest maybe yes, but I think you can answer this for yourself. Are you more sensitive to caffeine on your period? If your sleep is more disrupted when you bleed or right before you bleed, that also can be a sign that you might be a little bit more sensitive to the medicine then as well. Um, the one thing that's also interesting which I just was reading about in this amazing book called the um, Psilocybin Handbook for Women by Jennifer Saki. Um, or is it Chiswick? It's Chiswick. Yes, not Saki. That's another person that I know. Um, but it was talking about how there's some, the few studies that are out there around the cycle and psilocybin, they interviewed three people. And of the three, I believe all of their cycles became regular after they started to use psilocybin and several of the cycles came back like very quickly, like immediately or came back early. So wow. psilocybin may have the potential for inducing a period a little bit earlier, potentially even at a microdosing level. Um, and it could potentially, I'm hypothesizing, create more regular cycles as well. Wow. Yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> so what are other natural remedies besides psilocybin to, you know, improve your period symptoms or help them maybe become more regular? So I think the first thing is really addressing your stress levels. Um, we are way more stressed than we think we are. <laughs> I mean, everything is really a stressor to our very fragile menstrual cycle, because let's be honest, you know, the menstrual cycle is the first thing for a lot of us to go if we become stressed, if we get out of sync um, and when life starts to throw us curveballs, you know, menstruation isn't something that's like, an internal system that is necessary for your survival. Like it's not like your breath. It's not like your pulse. So that's one of the things that really can become affected quickly. So looking at stress and looking at things that you might not even think are stressing you out. 
um, like how much you're on your phone. What is your sleep schedule like? What are you doing before sleep? And then also look at what you're eating. Are you eating enough? You know, I have a long history of eating disorders. And so for the first little bit of me actually trying to get my cycle back, one of the reasons why I don't think it was coming back very much is because I wasn't eating enough complex carbs um, right before my period. So looking at what you're eating, uh, looking at what you're consuming kind of in all ways, shapes and forms. And then if you do have like there's a whole lot of things that you can do for each specific issue of the cycle, each cycle sign. Um, but cramps specifically are a big one. So making sure the food that you're eating is warm enough, um, that you're keeping your body warm in general, especially right before you bleed by wearing things like socks. Um, because when you think about menstrual blood, think of it like coconut oil, right? When coconut oil is warmed up, it flows really well and that's your menstrual blood. So it's going to flow really well with fewer cramps. But when that coconut oil is cold, then it's get clogged. It'll get clogged up. And that's kind of how your blood is as well. It has more likelihood of getting clogged. You may have more clots. You may have more cramping if you're not consuming warmer foods in the week or so before your cycle. Wow. So that's why <clears throat> heating pads also work. So yes. Well, I'm guessing. Absolutely. And, and another thing is, that. yeah, heating pads and then um, castor oil packs are hugely uh, uh, effective um, when it comes to especially cramps. And the thing with castor oil is that you want to do that type of a pack before you have the cramps. Like it's, you know, you need to kind of remember to do it before all hell breaks loose and you're bent, doubled over because of the pain. Yeah. Yeah. But those are just a couple of, of, of ways that you can start to more holistically approach um, a healthy cycle. You know, this just made me realize how women have never really had an education on their menstrual cycles like nobody right like this is something we all have to experience and there's no education on it it's like right here, ha read this random book about how you're gonna end up bleeding one day <laughs> like okay mm -hmm. like okay that doesn't do anything though there's right. you know there's so many women who suffer from terrible period cramps and symptoms and people don't realize how awful it is you know all women should have you know, work time off or anything like mm -hmm. the whole week that they're, you know, experiencing it because sometimes you can't even walk. Yeah. And that's crazy. Like, and it'll affect your, your hormones and your mood, but we need to be given more credit for the stuff yeah. we endure every month. No, for sure. And, and when we think about the fact that, you know, women weren't required to be included in scientific medical studies until the 1990s and we didn't even have a mapping of the clitoris until 2005 so it's not surprising that we don't have this education especially the fact that like where i was raised was deeply like i was in the bible belt so they're sure as fuck not teaching you what the hell's going on with your body yeah. but like even scientific medicine right now the biggest surgery for women is a hysterectomy they're just going to rip that out but and, oh and, and and it could even take 10 years. Like when you think about endometriosis, it takes on average 10 years for a woman to get that diagnosis. And what are we spending on it? Like 0.1 percent of the national like NIH budget on endometriosis studies when it impacts one in 10 women. I've had two people, my sister and a friend of mine had a hysterectomy this month because of pain that like that. Insane. And so it's just fucked up. Um that that's what the medical system is is doing first it's like a medical surgical intervention and i won't even say first but that's like their only remedy and yet i think that like you're saying if we could start as children having better cycle education having more 
like earth-based medicine education, then we would be so much more deeply connected to ourselves. We would very quickly understand when something's off and hopefully we would have access to things that could help us rather than just cutting us apart. Because for me and, and my work, especially with womb healing, you know, there are a lot of things energetically that I think go into pain, um, cycle pain specifically. And it's the big thing I think is, are you even accepting yourself as a woman? You know, we live in a capitalist society where production is like the king and women and cyclical beings can't be productive every day like a man can because our hormones are different. And so when we other our feminine and when we ostracize our feminine, I think that's one of the first things that starts to create cycle pain, cycle issues. Wow. So it's like a subconscious thing too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when we look at, you know, even the energetics of some disease, and I'm not going to say this is like the main cause of some of these things, but like there are studies that suggest that things like breast cancers can be from unhealed grief, heart attacks, same thing. And so when we think about the blockages that can happen in the womb space, because we aren't connecting with our feminine and honoring ourselves as women and menstruators, then it makes a lot of sense to me that we've got endometriosis, PCOS, which is, you know, mostly irregular cycles, hysterectomies as the number one female surgery in the world. And it's energetics. Wow. I definitely believe that for sure. So how can someone go through this process of womb healing? Like what is, what are the procedures here? There are so many different procedures, honestly. And so I am not someone who is a hand-on womb healer. Um, there are people out there, and it's such an amazingly growing space that I'm so excited to see, who do hands-on healing. So that's one aspect. Um, pelvic care is kind of like what those folks, like if you're looking for someone who would do hands-on, I would look for someone who's doing pelvic care. The, wor the work that I do starts with helping you understand where your womb even is, because some folks don't really know help you understand why the womb contains so many wombs, wounds. Um, and the basic of that is the fact that, you know, it's a pelvic bowl. It's empty a lot of the time. And so it's like our energetic junk door. We stuff shit in there that we don't want to look at. We say we'll get to it sometime. And it stays in there. And especially with how absorbent and how spongy that energetic space and that, that tissue is, things get trapped in there. That could be violence to ourselves, um, and feminine violence, you know, assault. It could be having sex when you're not fully ready, but it also could be little things like the negative self-talk, being bullied. Um, a lot of things can then can get trapped in the womb space and start to create blocks. And so what I do is um, through a lot of visioning journeys, through massage um, and, and helping people learn to massage their own womb, um, working like vaginally with massage as well, helping folks understand how to give themselves, you know, a yoni massage or a vaginal massage, dearmoring of that space um, and connecting through breath and sound to help you access internally and mentally that area. Notice what's coming up when you are in that space and then help to move it through you by expressing through sound, expressing through grief or sadness. Um, I do a lot of things like rage rituals with folks after they've acknowledged, oh, this is something stuck in me because of a past lover. Um, I'll tell you, you know, when I began to do this work, I was doing an internal vaginal massage, which can also be termed cervical dearmoring, 
um, and I felt a pinch and a tightness in like the upper right quadrant of my vaginal canal. And the immediate idea and like memory came to me of this dude I dated after I got divorced in my late 20s who was a fucking piece of shit. And he was stuck in there. That was stuck in there. And so that's the type of thing that can get stuck in your womb. And so womb work is a whole lot of a whole lot of things. Um, But I think the basic part of it is understanding that your womb is the center of your power. And so when things are stuck in there, it can block our power, can keep us from being focused on birthing new life, right? Like physical womb issues can keep you from being pregnant, can keep your fertility um, from being as alive as it could be. But energetically, this is where we birth our ideas. It's where we birth new projects, new businesses, just where we live fully lit up. And so that's sort of some of the different types of womb healing that are out there. And I also think the reason why it's so necessary. This honestly blew my mind because I've never even thought about it. I've always read womb healing, womb healing. Like, what does that right. mean? But now that you explained it to me, I understand that it's like a sponge where it holds all the energies that go through. And it makes sense that you have to squeeze the sponge out time to time. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to release. You can't just constantly, constantly absorb everything around you because there's so much. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely holds those things in there and it can be super healing to release that. Yeah. I think also... What's interesting is, you know, on on social media a lot lately, we've seen folks talk about like releasing the hips because the hips hold a lot of trauma too. Um, I think for both men and men and women, but like the hips are a key part of that pelvic bowl, right? That's the top part of your pelvic bowl, and so like you put it so perfectly, it's that sponginess that of course it's going to absorb anything that it touches, and if that if if what's touching it is some stuff that's not good, then it's going to have stagnation it's going to have blockages it's going to have it has the ability to be such a power source and when it absorbs a bunch of icky bullshit like it's the opposite of that yeah wow that's incredible honestly so what are signs that you are connected or disconnected from your divine feminine energy so some of the signs of disconnection are a lot more easily, like are very easy to to talk about. So let's go with that first. So feeling as if you can't rest, feeling as if you're always hustling, um, judging yourself if you need a day to just relax, um, feeling unmotivated, feeling like you have body image issues that can be sometimes connected to the divine feminine, um, feeling stagnant and stuck in life, or like you don't have any higher purpose. Um, those are all some ways that you might notice a divine feminine disconnection. Um, I think also there's just a lot of misconception around the divine feminine. There's a lot of folks on the internet spreading the bullshit about like, she's the submissive one who's led always by the masculine. And like, I'm very much a dark feminine goddess type. Like the the deities I work with are all dark feminine goddesses. Um, Mm -hmm. Like the dark feminine and the feminine in general is powerful. Yes, she's like the receptive one in a lot of ways, but also like, that's there's power in that. And so you may notice yourself being more lit up artistically when you're more um, connected to the divine feminine. You may feel like you can care for yourself better um, when you're more connected to the divine feminine. Being okay with the slowness of life and and feeling as like 
one thing for me really started last year where I started to notice all the bullshit that capitalism is and how I, I was tying my worth into like what I was producing. And when I started to see and make myself aware of that, I began to become more connected to the divine feminine because I just started doing the opposite. Um, And things that can connect you with the divine feminine are things that are kind of anti-capitalist, like growing your own fucking food, like (laughs) checking the fuck out of the medical system, leaving the corporate world. I mean, I'm not suggesting we all become witches in the woods, but I am also (laughs) suggesting that. Yes, I'm so down. Where's the sign up? Like, (laughs) Right? It's like everyone I talk to, it's like, when is the commune starting and who is cooking around the fire first? Like, yes, this is it. And I think that as we start to awaken, both people who are in female and male bodies, as everyone starts to awaken to this knowledge, you know, we start to see that that's where we're headed. And that's why capitalism and the patriarchy is doing everything it fucking can to reel us back in with diet culture, with new (laughs) douchebaggery fucking fads, right? Like the face fat removal, like, come on, like every, right? Like every time you see something new that like the Kardashians are up to, like that's like a sign (laughs) that we're, they're trying to distract us from the fact that we're getting there. Um, So yeah, those are all kind of just like ways that you can see the disconnection and then start to cultivate your own connection Um, And doing womb and cyclical work is like number one, starting to honor your cycle as sacred. If you're someone who does not have a cycle for whatever reason, starting to live in tune with the moon, which is such a deeply feminine body, um, can also really help you connect with that space and can can help you connect with the defined feminine, whether or not you have a uterus or not. Wow. I mean, I love all that you just said because I feel, you know, the capitalism struggle when, when that realization hit me, you know, why am I beating myself up all the time? It's because I see myself on the internet compared to all these people Mm -hmm. making all this money through doing stupid stuff. And I'm like, why aren't I there yet? Yeah. And you realize it's all fake. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, and in the end of the day, getting there it's not what's going to make you happy no it's understanding the balance between yourself there's nothing externally that's going to complete you no that's a big thing that really hit me i understood that the way to really enjoy my life is balancing my physical world with my spiritual world Mm. and just being able to spend more time just being you know doing this work the cyclical microdosing and spending time with yourself microdosing and um you know, just shutting the noise off. Yeah. Just doing that for a little bit every day will change your life, will change mm-hmm. your brainwave state. You don't need to react to everything that's happening around you. Mm-hmm. You can just flow. That's the beauty of divine feminine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love it. And I love that you talked about the being, right? Just being. Um, I talked about this on my podcast a couple of months ago, too. You know, when you commit to this work of just being, it gets nasty for a while mm-hmm. because you have to grapple with what am I what am I here for? What is my purpose? What is my worth? When we begin to check out of either the corporate world or the capitalist world, or not even if you're checking out, you're just trying to more deeply connect with, you know, who you are and who you're supposed to be, those little things, those inner critics are gonna come rearing back at you from your own internal environment, but also from the outside. And so when you do that and things get weird, you heard it here first. (laughs) We know it's weird. It's not easy. And it's because there's such 
like a multi-trillion dollar world out there set up to keep us from doing this. And I think that, you know, when I started to work with the medicine, I love the term entheogens to create divine within because it really helped me understand that like that is what I'm here for. I am a divine being here having a physical experience and somehow other people have manifested to create like the patriarchy and the capitalism and like the aliens thought that that was going to be like the epic test for us all. But like being able to connect with who I truly am on the divine level through medicine, through through my period, through my womb, like that is exactly what I'm here for on this planet and what I know so many other people are here for as well. And I'm just waiting and can't wait until everyone else wakes up to that. It's beautifully said. I mean, it's it's true. Everything else is kind of fake. You yeah. know, it's all distractions. And that's why a lot of people are scared to even meditate and just mm-hmm. sit with their thoughts. Or there's a lot of people who are just out constantly. And, you know, their friends are like, yeah, let's go out. Let's go out. Let's do this. Yeah. And they're just pulled in every direction. Yeah. Imagine how tr- much transformation you can go through by just accepting that you're going to have to see your shadow side. Yeah. There's nothing it, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable and scary, but if you truly want to see yourself evolve and want to see life in a more beautiful way, you have mm-hmm. to face that part of you. Yeah. And it's only going to have an amazing outcome. That's, right. you know, and that's why we as people who go through these entheogens, we know we are facing our shadow side and that's mm-hmm. what makes us come out stronger. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. So what programs have you created for clients and what results have you seen? So I am really proud of the protocol that I created. So earlier this year, I created cyclical microdosing protocol. And it is, if you know anything about microdosing, it is a protocol, a schedule of taking the medicine um, that I crafted because there was nothing like it out there. And I wanted something that was cycle-informed, a way to address very specifically PMS and PMDD while also helping to boost happiness and creativity all month long. And so the cyclical microdosing protocol basically combines two very famous protocols and gives it a cyclical twist. So the Fadiman and the Stamets protocol, you split your cycle in half. And so if you're someone who understands this language, I will explain it. And then if you're not, I'll explain it for those folks too. So If you already understand your inner seasons of your cycle, which are spring, summer, fall, and winter, in fall and winter, you would microdose three days on, two days off. And then in spring and summer, you would microdose one day on, two days off. You would do that for about three cycles, take one menstrual cycle off, taking a lot of notes and getting a lot of data around how you're feeling. And then maybe you try it again. For folks who are not familiar with the inner seasons of the cycle, what you would do is the second that you start to see those PMS symptoms creep in, the second you start to feel a little bit more bitchy, (laughs) you would start that three-day on, two-day off cycle dosing. So three days on the medicine and two days off. You would continue with that protocol through your bleed. And then after your period is over, you would switch to one day on the medicine and two days off. So the the beauty of this protocol is that you have a lot of time off the medicine so that you're not going to build up a tolerance. Um, It's less likely that you would even create like a psychological dependency on it. And you have a lot of time to integrate what's coming up for you on your medicine days. The other part that's really important is that it loads the medicine days 
into the second half of the cycle when cyclical challenges are more likely to pop up. And so having more days on the medicine in a time when you might have more cramps, more anxiety, more depression, more sleep issues, more disconnection from self, um, while you're also feeling more called to be inward, is, is really powerful and really potent. And things I have seen so far, um, decreases in cycle pain. So I didn't go out saying this was going to help cure cramps, but my God, Everyone that has done it has been like, the, the cramps are going away. Um, one of my very first clients had a lot of um, cycle-related back pain, and their back pain it was able to go away a bit. Um, it's really helping foster a deeper connection with yourself in that second half of the cycle when our inner mean girl and our inner critic is, like, super loud. And right. so having more self-love and compassion in that, that cycle phase can be so beautiful for those who struggle. Um, and so I created that earlier this year. I'm in the midst right now of my first group program around cyclical microdosing. And I'm really excited about that. I also have a beautiful free offer called Activate Your Inner Magic, which is a beginner's guide to microdosing, an ebook, um, some information around mushrooms and the menstrual cycle specifically, and then a really beautiful meditation. And I'm launching in the next couple of weeks my first self-paced course around microdosing for cyclical beings called Awaken. And that should be out by July at the latest. Wow. That sounds so cool. Guys, you have to get on that. Like, I'm really about to start this. Like, I I'm going to get prepared. <laughs> well, I, and, you know, my my hope is that if you're hearing this and you're already microdosing and you have a menstrual cycle, like, and you need more explanation than what I just gave you, reach out. We can do a quick 15-minute free call because I want everyone who has a period and who is into microdosing to at least try this to give me more feedback because my hope mm -hmm. is that in two to three years, this is a protocol that women and menstruators know they can reach for when things are getting a little haywire with their periods um, because no shade to the people who've created the protocols that are so famous, but like they're all dudes and they don't have menstrual cycles. And we yeah. know we're not, we're, we know we're not little men. So we know that biologically and energetically things are a little different for us. And I see mushrooms as such a deeply feminine, like sentient being themselves that I think they've just been waiting for this to come out. Like for someone to, you know, for yeah. someone to say what everyone's yeah. been fucking thinking that like, okay, maybe we need a protocol that isn't just created by a dude. So that's my hope is that just we have, I would love thousands and thousands of people to just try it. That's why I talk about it for free because I just feel like that's so important. Like the, the opportunity to become more aware of how psilocybin impacts your cycle could be the most groundbreaking thing we see in the next like five to 10 years. And I just really hope oh, yeah. that that's what changes someone's life because it has changed mine. Like I, I really know I've been on this planet to break taboo and to talk about the things people don't want to talk about and live from my own example because the person and the woman I was four years ago bitch you would never you, it was not who I am now like I have up leveled about 15 quantum leaps between then and now and so it's like if everyone could just be able to experience this as well the planet would be so much healthier we would be so much happier and we would heal not only ourselves individually but our communities and the collective Wow, you're such a beautiful soul, man. <laughs> Thank you. I, I love this. I love what you're doing. Um, please tell people where they can find you on social media. Yeah, you can find me at Leslie Draffin. 
I also have a podcast called The Light Within. And yeah, hit me up on Instagram. I'm trying to think, where am I? I'm mostly on Instagram, yep. And later this summer, I hope to start my YouTube because I feel like that'll be fun. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you know, and and just and let's just start the conversation because I think that the the whole idea that we can't talk about our cycle or we can't talk about our womb and we didn't even really talk about sex, you and I, but that we can't talk about sex or psychedelics like that's utter bullshit. And I'm just ready to like be in a space where women and menstruators and femmes and cyclical beings are like the most lit up versions of themselves. So IG and my podcast, you can email me hello at lesliedraffin.com if you have specific questions. And I will send Leah the links to all of my stuff so she can put it wherever it needs to go. Oh, yeah. Right in the description. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.